What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the DCEU season here on Cinematic Reviews. As always, I'll be your host, Chris, and this is the show about all things movies and TV. Every week, I give my thoughts on the newest releases, beloved franchises, and even upcoming projects like Marvel and Star Wars. You can, of course, support the show by giving it a rating slash review on your favorite podcast service, as well as following the show on all social media platforms, including the very popular TikTok. Today's episode is unfortunately on David Ayer's Suicide Squad, which stars Margot Robbie, Will Smith, Viola Davis, and Jared Leto as the Joker. To kick things off, let's talk about some facts. Suicide Squad was released on August 5th, 2016, and was directed by David Ayer. He is best known for this, Sabotage, Bright, End of Watch, and Fury. Suicide Squad grossed $746 million worldwide against a $175 million budget. This isn't surprising because WB promoted the shit out of this movie with some awesome trailers. But this was one of the most disappointing movies ever made. Margot Robbie began training six months before filming even started. Her training included boxing, gymnastics, aerial silk training, weapons training, and holding her breath underwater for an extended period of time. She actually did the majority of her own stunts as well. The helicopter crash was purposely filmed last in case of any injuries that would delay the film. Tom Hardy was originally cast as Rick Flagg, but dropped out to be in The Revenant. Thank God for that. I don't think Hardy's name on this uh, trash fire would have did him any good. Jared Leto publicly tried different laughs in both New York City and Toronto in order to see which one made uh, the mo- made the most uh, people uncomfortable. He got so immersed in playing the Joker that he didn't break character on or off camera. He even sent Joker-like presents to his fellow castmates. I believe Margot Robbie got a dead rat or something like that. It was it was completely crazy when I read it in an article. Will Smith actually shaved his head and trained with both Navy SEALs and Army Rangers to prepare for the role of Deadshot. Ryan Gosling was sought out first for the role of Joker, but reportedly turned it down because he didn't want to sign a multi-picture deal. Again, thank God, thank God for that. I do not want his name on this movie either. Matt Smith and Mark Strong were also considered for the role of Joker. Mark Strong would go on to play the villain in the Shazam movie. The baseball bat used by Harley Quinn in the movie was uh, given to Kevin Smith as a gift. Suicide Squad was the first DC Extended Universe film to win an Oscar. It won for Best Makeup and Hairstyling. I'll dive more into the into why this is a total bullshit call in the negative segments later on in the episode. Blake Lively turned down the role of the Enchantress due to scheduling conflicts. Brie Larson, Megan Fox, Emma Stone, Shailene Woodley, Emilia Clarke, and Christian Ritter were also all considered for the role of the Enchantress. David Ayer wanted to put Shia LaBeouf in the film, but WB vetoed it due to his reputation at the time. And lastly, many of the Joker's scenes were cut in the from the final uh, version of the film. And I'll talk about that whole mess uh, in a special uh, air cut segment later on in the episode as well. But with that, let's talk Suicide Squad. 
So if you want to know the definition of a letdown, then look no further because it's honestly Suicide Squad. WB really dropped the ball on this one. My God. It had so much potential when the first trailer dropped at San Diego Comic-Con. It was dark, gritty, and very intriguing. But then WB comes along, as they usually do, and freaks the fuck out. During the release of Batman v Superman, a more lighter trailer dropped and confused the hell out of everyone. This was not the same Suicide Squad that everyone was first introduced at that Comic-Con. As history shows, Batman v Superman spawned numerous upon numerous bad reviews its opening weekend. So WB decided to stick with the more lighter version of Suicide Squad and force Ayer to kind of Frankenstein the shit out of the film because that always seems to work. Like I said on last week's episode, I blame WB for where the DCEU is right now. There was so much potential to expand Snyder's vision of the universe with Ayer's version of the Suicide Squad. You had Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Jared Leto with a new take on the Joker, Ben Affleck's Batman shows up, and even Ayer's awesome script. But, of course, WB was too worried about what Marvel was doing instead of focusing its attention to what it actually had right in front of them. Yeah, Batman v Superman underperformed, but that's because important scenes were cut out of it. The release of the Ultimate Edition breathed some new life into the DC Extended Universe because audience got a better understanding what Snyder was envisioning in his head. The version of Suicide Squad that WB approved of serves absolutely nobody, just like their version of Justice League. And I'll get into this in the ranking segment later in the episode, but the only reason why Suicide Squad isn't last right now in the rankings is because Wonder Woman 84 set a new bar for disappointment. But we'll see when we get to Wonder Woman 84 later on in the season if that's still true. There are really only two good things that I can say about Suicide Squad. One, it's Margot Robbie. This film gave audiences the perfect actress for Harley Quinn. Margot Robbie absolutely killed it as Harley. And her incredible take spawned Birds of Prey, which is a far superior film than Suicide Squad. Without Birds of Prey, we probably wouldn't have got... Without uh, Suicide Squad, we probably wouldn't have gotten Birds of Prey, which I guess is a backhanded comment for us fans but it, it's true without this shit fire of a movie we wouldn't have gotten birds of prey with a perfect harley quinn in it and then the second thing is the return of affleck's batman those were on, the only truly awesome moments in this film affleck's take on batman is the best live action version and i'll watch any movie with that take in it even if it's a piece of shit like Suicide Squad. Give audiences more of Affleck's Batman, and from what I understand, Ayer's original cut had more of him in it. But, like I said, I'll dive deeper into that in the Ayer cut segment later on in the episode. Right now, though, let's take a break with the fun trivia game before jumping into those segments. For any new listeners out there, this is the part of the show where we take a quick break to play a fun trivia game about the movie on the Popcorn Trivia app that can be downloaded on all mobile devices. I purposely don't look at these questions ahead of the show in order to experience them firsthand with you guys. We'll be doing Act 1 questions, which uh, consists of 10 questions about the film Suicide Squad. So 
let's log into the app here and let's get started. So act one. First question. What kind of plush toy does Captain Boomerang keep in his coat? A pink unicorn, a yellow teddy bear, a red dragon, or a blue turtle? I believe it was a pink unicorn. And that is correct. He does keep a My Little Pony in his jacket. Who said anyone who touches me is dead? Is it Harley Quinn, Joker, Boomerang, or Deadshot? This is a tricky one. This is something I think Deadshot would have said. So we're going to go with Deadshot. It could be Boomerang, though. Ah, it was Deadshot. Question three. What is written on Harley's baseball bat? Is it good night, highest slugger, sweet dreams, or you're out of here? I'm going to go with good night. I believe it was painted in red on her bat. And that is right. It does say good night on it. Question four. Who plays Rick Flagg? Is it Jared Leto, Will Smith, or Joe McKinnon? It is Joe McKinnon. I believe that's how you say his name. Yep, Joe McKinnon. That's how you say it. Question five. What two words are written on the cylinder of Harley's revolver? Love and hate, red and blue, hello and goodbye, or order and chaos. I believe it was love and hate. I think we only really see it in a couple of scenes. Yep, and it was. Love and hate are on the cylinders of the revolver. Next question. In which of these four scenes is Purple Lamborghini played? Ooh. Is it during the prison, Jared Leto's Joker moment, the Suicide Squad walking down the street, or in the nightclub? I'm going to go with the nightclub because I think they actually show the purple Lamborghini scene right after that one. Oh, and it was. It was during the nightclub. Question seven. What does Harley Quinn steal from the store window? Was it shoes, a skirt, a belt, or a handbag? believe it was a handbag and it was a handbag question eight what does harley quinn call the joker other than mr j pumpkin pudding smiley snookums believe she wears a neck uh belt with the name on it and i believe it said pudding and it was pudding Next question, which of one of these things do we not see Harley Quinn pull out of her trunk of personal belongings? I believe this was during the prison scene when they were getting ready for the mission. Was it a gun, a red and black leotard, playing cards, or a hammer? I do remember her pulling out a hammer and a gun. Now, what did, uh, a red and black leotard or playing cards? I feel like playing cards would have been a more Joker thing. So we're going to go with playing cards. I don't think I remember seeing those. And it was. She did not pull out any playing cards. Last question. Who breaks her oath to never use their powers again in order to save the team? The Diablo, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang. I believe it was Diablo because he kind of stays in the back for most of the film until the very 
last scenes. And it was Diablo, because if you remember, he killed his family and took an oath not to use it. But I'll get into that more in the segment. So I got 100 out of 100, which is pretty impressive because I haven't seen this movie a whole lot, to be honest. But feel free to share your score and thoughts about the film on any of the Cinemac Reviews or social media pages. I would love to see all your guys' comments and game scores. But let's get back to talking about Suicide Squad with the segments. So first up, standout scenes. First is uh, Amanda Waller talking about Task Force X with the generals. The Hot Topic graphics are pretty dumb in this montage, but I do like Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. Again, great casting that WB totally fucked up with their terrible decisions. Waller presenting her Suicide Squad to the generals is a pretty badass moment for the character, if I do say so. Next is all the Batman scenes. Like I said, the scenes with Batman in them are the only real good moments in the movie to me. Seeing Batman arrest Deadshot in the alley was a cool moment, especially for comic book fans, because Deadshot is a major player in the Gotham side of the DC universe. The scene that I absolutely love, though, is Batman taking down Harley Quinn and the Joker in that dope purple Lambo. Give fans a movie just on stuff like this. Audiences were completely robbed of an awesome Batman film with Affleck going up against Leto and Margo. Next is Deadshot showing off his gun skills. This is an awesome sequence where Deadshot is uh, shooting all those targets for his audition into the Suicide Squad. This scene is even more awesome after knowing that Will Smith trained with both Navy SEALs and Army Rangers for it. Will Smith was unfortunately a miscast for me, but it's Will Smith, so I'm not gonna go cry about it. He's always great to watch on screen even if he doesn't belong in that particular movie. The Ace Chemical scene with Joker and Harley. I like this scene a lot, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Leto's take on Joker. I'm not a huge fan of this, uh, the gangster slash mob boss take on the character. Leto got the laugh down, I think, and the crazy side of Joker, of course. It's just the decision to make him a gangster would have been wouldn't have been my first choice. It's it's very different from all the other versions of Joker. So I give air props for that. There's a huge theory out there that Joker is actually Jason Todd, who is one of the Robins of Batman. But I never bought into that theory. It just it doesn't make sense to have Joker be a former Robin. Next, we get the Waller shooting her whole team scene. Honestly, didn't see this coming when I first saw the film. Viola Davis is a really a badass Amanda Waller, and this scene really cements that. She plays a great, cold-hearted character that will do absolutely anything to get the job done. Next, we have Joker showing up in the helicopter on top of the roof. I like this scene a lot because of two reasons. One, we get Harley doing awesome Harley Quinn things, like dancing around on the rope. And two, Leto went full crazy as Joker in this scene, which I kind of liked. He really dove headfirst into this, uh, the lunatic side of the character, which I absolutely have a lot of respect for him for. Next is the famous bar scene. This scene was trying way too hard to be that classic, let's get the team together. It was really trying to mimic the bonding moments in Guardians of the Galaxy that Marvel did, but it totally failed in every way. Diablo is such a irredeemable character, so the audience 
does not care about him at all. And the design of Killer Croc is so stupid that it distracts the audience, since really. And Jai Courtney is just a terrible actor. This scene falls apart the minute it starts because the whole movie, aside from the Batman stuff, is just completely terrible. Next is the group's desires being revealed by the Enchantress. I honestly only like this because Affleck's Batman shows up in it for like two seconds. Otherwise, it's a pretty lame sequence. Next is the Zack Snyder, well, quote unquote, Zack Snyder slow-mo moment. The music was pretty badass during the scene. Otherwise, again, it's just another lame ass scene that was trying way too hard. And lastly, the return of the Joker at the end. When I first saw this, I honestly thought they killed off the Joker for the rest of the DCEU, which would have been interesting. But I'm glad they decided not to commit to that because Joker is such a huge part of not just the Batman side of DC, but just the overall universe of the DC. The universe had would have really felt off without the Joker in it. Next up is favorite quotes. Now, I had a hard time finding quotes that I really liked, so there's only maybe five or six of these that I came up with. So the first one is Rick Flagg. I'm a soldier, and you're a serial killer who takes credit cards. Flagg isn't off on this one. He has a good point. Will Smith's Deadshot is so irredeemable like Diablo. I just, I think this line just pretty much sums up the entire Deadshot character, and and I like Joe McKinnaman's uh, line delivery with it. Next is Waller saying she's crazier than him and more fearless. This is just a badass line that describes Harley Quinn in the perfect way. Another Waller quote I liked was, they became the king and queen of Gotham, and God help anyone who disrespected the queen. I love this line because it paints a, a dark but really cool picture of what Gotham is like in the DCEU. Uh, it's a shitty city that is run by crime that is all led by Joker and Harley. It reminds me a lot of the Batman animated series that I grew up with. It's a, it's a, I just really love that line. Another one by Waller is, do your worst, bitch. It's pretty much straight to the point. It's, a, it's another line to show off how badass Waller is in the film. I'm pretty much at this point with WB. I mean, let them do their worst. I mean, how much more fucked up can a DCEU get, really? And then lastly, a quote from Deadshot, I killed the bat. This was when, during that Enchantress uh, Desire reveal. I really only like this quote because someone referred to Batman as the bat, which is a very iconic nickname for the character. Diamond in the Rough. So right at the top of this list is, of course, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I probably sound like a broken record, but Margot's take on Harley Quinn is so perfect. It's 100% true, and I'll never stop saying it. It's another great casting that was completely ruined by WB and their bullshit. We'll see her again in Birds of Prey, of course, but that's not enough. Harley needs to be in way more DCEU projects. Honestly, she needs to be at the center with Affleck Batman, Cavill Superman, and Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. She's one of the few awesome things to come out of this mess of a universe. And she definitely needs more screen time. Next, of course, is Affleck returning as Batman. This is another casting, once again, ruined by WB. Suicide Squad should have spawned numerous Gotham-centered projects, like the obvious one, a solo Batman film starring Affleck. Batman was perfect in this film, and I mean, the underwater breather that he wears is a small detail, 
but was a huge highlight of the film. All his scenes were awesome, and it's really disappointing to know that Ayer planned on there being way more of them with Affleck in his original version of the film. Next is Edgar Miller returning as The Flash. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Miller playing The Flash, and right now things are really messy with Ezra. But it was a great decision to put The Flash in here in order to create the feeling of a connected universe. A lot of average moviegoers probably don't know that Captain Boomerang is actually a Flash villain, so having this scene really helped educate the audiences, I think. Next is Joker's Purple Lambo. This is such a badass car. I remember seeing the behind-the-scenes photos of them when they filmed this scene going on. Everyone, including myself, freaked the fuck out over it. Seeing Batman on top of the Joker's car during a chase was so cool and got us so hyped for the movie. And WB just slapped us in the face with this movie. Next is some of the action is actually pretty entertaining in this film. Like the car chase scene, for example. I love all the action during that sequence, even with it ending with Batman punching Harley in the face after she tried to cut him with her knife. Deadshot shooting the targets at the prison is badass, and the sequence of him on top of the car killing all those genetic monster things was really cool to watch as well. Even though it was ruined by that stupid line, now that's how I cut and run. Harley beating the shit out of those generic bad guys with her bat was also really cool. The choreography and all these action sequences were Pretty cool for the most part. Captain Boomerang was uh, completely useless, though. And then all the Joker and Harley Quinn scenes. Like the Batman ones, these were the only really awesome moments in the film. The Ace Chemical scene was really entertaining, along with their meetings in Arkham. I would have liked to see way more of Leto and Margot running around Gotham causing mayhem. And it's, it's a shame that Ayer didn't get to put that on screen. And then lastly, that Bruce Wayne post credit scene. I always forget that this film had a post credit scene, and it was actually a pretty cool one. Bruce Wayne sitting down with Waller and threatening her to shut down the Suicide Squad before him and his quote-unquote friends do it for her. How cool would it have been if we got a Justice League versus Suicide Squad movie? But nope, WB fucked that up as well. Now it's finally time for the negatives. So first up, that stupid killer croc makeup. How the fuck did this makeup win the Oscar? Killer Croc looks so terrible in the film. He looked like an old man, to be honest. The Academy baffles me every year, and it's for reasons like this. I do not trust them anymore. Next, the world-ending event decision. The plot of the film should have been a lot smaller than what we got. Going up against the Enchantress and her brother is a world-ending event that should have been taken care of by the Justice League, not the Suicide Squad. The Joker should have been the villain of the story, which would have created a, a rift between him and Harley. How cool would it have been if we got a story about Harley turning on Joker because she found a team that she connected with more and appreciated her. But nope, WB fucked that up, and this is what we got. Next is the generic bad guys. I'll get into this a little more in the next segment, but from what I understand, parademons who were originally going to be the foot soldiers, not whatever these black goo monster fucking things were. WB, of course, freaked out and had Ayer change it to these generic monsters that were once people, I guess. It was a stupid decision, and it would have been way cooler to have parademons, who, for those who don't know or aren't familiar with the comic book lore, they're actually foot soldiers of Darkseid, who is kind of the Thanos-like 
entity in the DC universe. They were going to be the ones that Suicide Squad would fight throughout the movie to get to their final objective. Next is the the pink unicorn. I never really liked the whole Captain Boomerang pink unicorn gag. I, I always thought it was a stupid attempt at some comic relief that didn't work at all for me. It was clearly just a ripoff of Deadpool. Next is Diablo being irredeemable. Diablo killing his entire family makes him 100% irredeemable. I don't care about him at all once we find out that he went completely nuclear at home. He's one of the many reasons why the bar scene and the whole let's get the team together by bonding doesn't work for me. No one would team up with a child killer. Even Deadshot has a code of no killing women and children. Now, some will argue that Harley played a hand in killing Robin, who in the comics is a kid. But my argument to that is we don't really know for sure that in this universe, Robin was a kid at the time of his death. He could have been older. The suit that was revealed in Batman v Superman looked more fitting for an older kid or person. Robin could have been an older teenager, like 18 or 19, when Joker killed him. That's why her character is fine in my book. Diablo, on the hand, deserves to die, and he knew it. That's the only good thing about his character. He knew he did an unforgivable thing and wanted to die. And, of course, he gets that karma at the very end when he blows himself up. Lastly, the question I always ask is, the whole time, they could have just crushed the damn heart. So the movie ends with Flag crushing the Enchantress's heart in order to stop her. Why didn't they just crush the heart once the beginning, at the very beginning, once she started going fucking bad before her brother stole it? There are way too many problems with the Enchantress being the main villain of the story, and this is the main one for me. They Why didn't they just fucking crush the heart? So the famous air cut that's going around. Uh, the air cut movement is similar to that of the Snyder cut movement that movement that happens after the release of Justice League in 2017. The difference is is that the Snyder cut was released last year actually. Air cut on the other hand hasn't been released yet. Air has uh he's stated numerous times in interviews that he is still pushing to get his cut of the film released. With the Warner Brothers Discovery merger, it's it's possible that Air could get his version of Suicide Squad released. Some of you out there are probably wondering, though, what is the air cut exactly? What is the difference between the original plan that air had and then what was released in 2016? To be honest, I had to do some extra research for the episode in order to answer these questions for you guys and give those members who are a part of the air cut movement the justice they deserve. Now, from what I understand, and please feel free to reach out to me if I get any of this wrong, is that Ayer originally planned for this to tie heavily into Snyder's Justice League trilogy. It was going to set up those three films. They're Basically, yeah, he was going to up uh, set up the Justice League parts one, two, and three, essentially. He had parademons as the foot soldiers, like I said, instead of the generic black goo-looking monsters that were in the theatrical version of the film. Hare also had more Batman scenes, which included an opening scene of Batman discovering this, this cave-like place filled with parademons. I stumbled across some concept art while researching, and this scene would have been really cool, actually, to see on the big screen. I encourage you all to check out these, uh, these concept arts that David Ayer released. 
Um, but of course, like I said, WB freaked out and tried to stay away from anything related to Darkseid. There were also a bunch of more Joker scenes in Ayer's original script, which would have been really cool to see, too. I, I'm not 100% positive on this, but I think Joker was going to be the main villain in that script as well. Like I said, reach out to me if, if I got that wrong. I'm sure WB had huge objections with that because of the massive love for Heath Ledger's Joker back in Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. Uh, Ayer's version of the Suicide Squad would have also been a lot darker in tone. Like the very first trailer we saw at that San Diego Comic-Con back in uh, 2015, I believe it would have been. Uh, WB tried to turn the Suicide Squad into the Guardians of the Galaxy, basically. It just didn't work. Hopefully Ayer does get his version of Suicide Squad made because it sounds a lot cooler and more cohesive than the trash fire that WB wanted. This was a constant thing happening when these movies were being released. WB was too busy freaking out about every movie Marvel was releasing instead of focusing on the universe that Snyder and Ayer were trying to, to get the ground work for. They signed off on Snyder kicking off the universe with Man of Steel, but then freaked out over one bad review movie. It was received poorly because WB ordered Snyder to cut really important scenes out to make it, it, it make it shorter. They were just too worried about the runtime. Then WB comes along and orders Ayer to completely change his version of Suicide Squad because, of course, they were freaking out over the dark tone that uh, Ayer was trying to connect to the, the same dark tone that Snyder did in Batman v Superman and Man of Steel. Long story short, though, WB has no balls and tried to change everything that they disliked on the fly. It obviously didn't work because everybody hated Suicide Squad and the theatrical version of Batman v Superman didn't make any sense. WB has no one to blame but themselves. Now, this Warner Brothers Discovery merger could be the saving grace of the DCEU. I have zero expectations for Black Adam, but it sounds like The Rock is a big supporter of Cavill being continuing the Superman and the DCEU which is a good sign. He's a huge actor right now who probably, he probably could convince the suits into giving Cavill a multi-film contract if he really wanted to. Uh, Affleck is also supposedly returning for Aquaman 2 instead of Keaton. So that's a good sign as well. And just uh, recently it was announced that Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman will show up in multiple projects. I still have very little faith in the DCEU right now, but uh, these announcements sound very, very promising. The only thing that really worries me is the Flash movie, of course. With everything going on with Ezra Miller and the rumors of reshoots, I don't have any real expectations for that movie like I do with Black Adam. Only time will tell, though. These next few projects coming up should give fans a sense of what direction the DCU will be going in. I'll be along for the ride, of course, but with little to no exceptions. And I'm just reading right now while we're recording that both the Shazam and Aquaman films were pushed back in their release dates. I believe Shazam is coming out in March of 2023 and Aquaman is being pushed to December of 2023. So there again, clear example of why I have such little faith in DCE right now, because they're constantly canceling projects like Batgirl and shifting dates around like 
Shazam and Aquaman. But like I said, time will only tell. I'm a, I will definitely be in the theater watching those, but with little to no expectations for anything good coming out of it. But with that, let's end the episode with the DCEU rankings and how Suicide Squad fits into that list. So as a refresher, here is the DCU rankings. At number one, we have Zack Snyder's Justice League. Number two, Batman v Superman, Donna Justice, Ultimate Cut. Three, Man of Steel. Four, Wonder Woman. Five, The Suicide Squad. Six, Shazam. Seven, Birds of Prey. Eight, Aquaman. Nine, Suicide Squad. Coming in last at number 10, Wonder Woman, 1984. So Suicide Squad... I really want to put below Wonder Woman 84 as the new bottom of the DCU. But for now, it's going to stay at number nine until we get to 1984. I want to be fair and get a rewatch in just in case I still like Suicide Squad more than 1984. I can't see myself putting it above anything else on the list right now either. It could end up above Aquaman because I remember hating that movie as well. Jason Momoa played such a complete doofus in that film. And Patrick Wilson was way, way too over the top with his take on Ocean Master. The only saving grace of Suicide Squad is Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn and all of those Batman scenes that I mentioned. Otherwise, this is a complete shit of a movie. Birds of Prey does a better job at playing to Margot Robbie's strength. Zachary Levi is a very lovable Shazam. And the top five are just way better movies overall. Shazam might be the new number five, Zachary Levi is such an awesome actor, and that movie did a better job with comedy than both Suicide Squad movies. But I'm really curious, though, to see next week if Wonder Woman uh, is uh, as good as I remember it being, because I I remember the, the third act of it falling really apart. But until then, though, you can find this list and many more on both IMDb and Leatherbox. Just search for Cinemac Reviews. Well, that'll do it for this installment of the DCEU season here on Cinemac Reviews. Tune in next week for Wonder Woman, as well as new release Monday. This coming Monday, I'll be giving my reaction to the newest Netflix film, Me Time, which drops today, actually. Until then though, always remember, we're the bad guys. That's what we do. Later, everyone. <laughs>